welcome to the first episode of the Everyday Scout in the season. We're finally here. Week one starts tonight with the Houston Texans playing the Kansas City Chiefs in Arrowhead. I'm joined by my co-host, Connor Bunfill. Can't believe we made it. It's been a long, long journey this offseason. Many doubts. I doubted the season would even happen, but here we are. Uh, so we got a good episode for you guys today, previewing week one and going over a lot of contract news. Uh, so I'll go to Connor with the news. Yeah, I mean, just getting started, we had a lot of a lot of last-minute extensions right before week one kicks off, most notably Deshaun Watson, the quarterback for the Houston Texans. Uh, I know last time we talked about Deshaun, he was in talks with the team, and that was right around after the Mahomes mega deal. And we were kind of wondering what his salary would end up looking like. And it's finalized at four years, $156 million in a no-trade clause. So, I mean, obviously it's not in the realm of that Mahomes contract because I don't know if we're going to see any, any contract in sports like that for a long time. But, you know, I'm happy Deshaun got paid. I like how it's a four-year deal. So, Deshaun, I mean – See, that's the thing. In my opinion, Mahomes' deal or Deshaun's deal? I think Watson has the more player-friendly deal, right? Four years, another bite at the free agency apple. Yeah, I mean, Mahomes' deal does have a few outs in it, but not not four years down the road from now. Right. Right. Okay. Um, And then this. So I mean, I like it. Yeah. No, I. I. It was last last time we talked about it. Right. Yeah. I mean, last time we were talking about it, we were talking about Deshaun and Dak. And as we all kind of assumed, it looks like Dak's the last man standing out of the bunch to get paid. Uh, Rightfully so. So we'll see what Jerry does there. (laughs) All right. Go listen to last week's episode. But Um, yeah, I mean, the next big signing is a free agency signing, not an extension. And that is Jadavian Clowney finally getting signed by a team. He is signing or has signed with the Tennessee Titans. It is a one-year prove-it deal, 12 mil, up to 15 mil with incentives. And how this deal went down was kind of crazy, honestly. It was almost almost league-changing, which wasn't discussed enough, in my opinion. So, as I'm sure you guys all heard, Clowney was kind of between the Saints and the Titans down to the wire in the last minute. Uh, but the Saints, you know... Saints got a lot of money on the books, almost too much money. Well, too much for Clowney, actually. But they were in the works to do a sign-in trade. That's right, an NBA sign-in trade for the first time in NFL history, where I believe the Cleveland Browns would have signed Jadavian and then traded him to the Saints for a second-rounder. And... I mean, it shows two things. One, it it shows the balls of the Saints organization, which we all kind of knew they had. They've always been aggressive players in the offseason. And it also shows that, in my opinion, I mean, I'm sure this is known by now, but this looks like it's going to be Breeze's last year, especially with the willingness to just throw a second-round pick for one year of Jadavion Clowney. So it looks like the team's going all in. But, uh, Duncan, did you see the second – did you see the third team that also tried to do this, get into Jadavian? I did not. There was another rumor that if the league allowed the sign-in trade 
to happen that the Baltimore Ravens would have been in on the clowny sweepstakes. Talk about an aggressive front office in Baltimore. He would have been signed by Jacksonville and then traded to Baltimore. All sorts of weird. So, but, I mean, back yeah. to the Titans, though. I think it's a perfect fit. Mike Vrabel. No, I love the fit. Tough, hard-nosed defense. Learn from Belichick. He likes disruptions and setting the edge with a versatile player. Clowney can do all of that. Perfect fit in that defense. I still think the Titans are going to go 8-8, eight and eight, but I think it was, it, was a, it was a match made in heaven there schematically. Um, and then, I mean, DeAndre Hopkins. Yeah. Hopefully. 27, over 27 million a year uh, extension, um, 43 of it guaranteed. It was two years, 54 and a half million. Uh, so it looks like, you know, obviously if you pay a guy that much, you're going to use them. Highest non-paid quarterback ever in NFL history. Um, mm-hmm. So that was a big one. And then the cornerbacks getting paid as well. Trey White, Jalen Ramsey, each getting big deals. Jalen Ramsey, uh, substantially more, one extra year. Who would you take, Trey White or Jalen Ramsey, this season? I mean, this season? This season. Who would you take? Oh, God, I don't know. I mean, I mean, I think the Bills are going to be better than the Rams, personally. Right. I mean, Jalen Ramsey used to be, like, the consensus number one guy, and he's kind of, I don't know, his stock has kind of dipped – how well, much I think, about I think that's, that's just because I feel like he still is kind of. You know right? why? It's because he plays with Aaron Donald. <laughs> and, yeah, well, and, and everybody's busy Jackson watching going Aaron. downhill to getting worse. Yeah. You know, when Jackson was more in the spotlight, I guess that makes sense. Um, like Trey and then, White and Gilmore are the stars of their defense. Right, right. That makes sense. Um, and then my defensive player of the year pick, Vaughn Miller, done for the year. I was heartbroken when I saw that news. Yeah. Uh, I feel bad for Vaughn. Um, he's getting up there in age, so you don't know how many years of elite production he has left. Won't be mm-hmm. this year, but I guess if there is a year to miss, this is the one silver lining. Yeah. There. And then Danielle Hunter placed on injured reserve, so I believe he misses at least the first three games of the season, including the season opener, obviously, against the Green Bay Packers' big divisional game. Yeah, I mean, there was reports coming out early yesterday morning just talking about how he got roughed up in practice. It was questionable for the game, but it looks like they just went all the way to IR. So he's, he's, I'm assuming he's not going to miss more than the three-game minimum. Um, yeah. But, yeah, that Von Miller blow is huge. I mean, if it wasn't apparent enough, Miller and Derwin both being out, the Chiefs are just going to rampage through the division again. Um, especially the Broncos. I mean, the Broncos, like I said, they're – and one of those exciting picks, one of those young core teams. And with, with their best player being out for the year, they lost Chris Harris. Uh, Bradley Chubb is also looking to be a game-time decision for week one, coming off of what I believe to be an ACL tear. So, I mean, more now than ever, it looks like Drew Locke's going to have to show up. Yep. And then what's this last piece? Because I know you wanted to touch on this one. Yeah, so this is something that kind of got brushed over on the weekend. Um, because it was a practice squad signing and it was the oldest practice squad player in NFL history becoming journeyman Josh McCown. So I know the Eagles wanted to bring him back uh, just to be in the quarterback room because Josh McCown is just a great guy, a great mentor for all young quarterbacks he's played with. Seems like half the league at this point probably is. But not but, physically the quarterback room in this case. No, no. So 
the practice squads, as I'm sure everybody knows by now, has increased by four spaces per team this year uh, due to COVID, everything going on in the offseason. So the thing with McCown is it's like a virtual internship. <laughs> I mean, he's not there. He's not practicing with the team. Like He's on the practice squad, but he's not going to be there in his red jersey or anything. Josh McCown will be living in his home in Texas, getting paid 12000 a week, and is the Eagles' emergency quarterback in case of a COVID outbreak. And I'm surprised that this happened the week of week one. I mean, I thought right, teams yeah. were going to be doing something along these lines a month ago when we were talking right. about it. Right. I know Andy Reid was the first one to bring it up. He goes, well, if Pat gets sick, then all the quarterbacks are sick, and then who the hell is going to throw the ball? Yeah, you got to keep someone at home. So his only job is to really stay healthy down there. Um, and I think it was a smart move. Not surprised the Eagles were – I mean, you mentioned Andy Reid was the first one to bring it up, but not surprised the Eagles, well-run organization. Doug Peterson's great, great head coach. Um, utilize this tactic. Uh, it's, a, it's a smart one, and I think you'll see more of it soon. Um, yeah. But now we're going to get to previewing week one. And um, – what is something that you will be watching closely come week one? Yeah, I mean, really quickly before I dive into my week one thing, I just want to – I right. saw this fact – I saw yeah. this thing on Twitter, and I really did a double take. And then I was like, wow, I can't believe this is true. So the Rams, obviously. You got Aaron Donald, Ramsey, really aggressive team. Who was the Rams' last first-round pick, Duncan? The Rams' last first-round pick. I have no idea. The Rams' last first-round pick was Jared Goff. Oh, my God. Yeah. That was <laughs> – yeah. Wow. That did not yeah. disappoint. That fact did not disappoint. Mm-hmm. So, that just goes to show, I mean – And that was what? They, they got to the Super Bowl 2016. Jesus. Some hey, franchises are more aggressive than others. It's worked. Um – but anyways, week one starting tonight or tomorrow, we're recording this on Wednesday, but when you all are listening to this, it will be uh, NFL opening day. So what is, what is something you'll be watching week one? Yeah, I mean, my main storyline week one is what I'm sure is the same for all football fans and something I like to call old faces, new places. And in combination with this weird COVID offseason, we've seen some of the most player movement in recent history, at least in terms of big names. I don't remember I don't remember this many big name, high impact, high paid players getting moved in one offseason like this. Uh, I mean, and then just the matchups they have as well. So going into it, the game of the week, which is somehow the 125 or 425 games for you East Coasters, Brady and Gronk going into New Orleans. I mean, that's just got to be the game to watch. It's much watch TV. That's what I had written down as well. It's the storyline in week one is Tom Brady. Um, That has to be the overwhelming because I mean, not even the new team, the new everything. This guy is, has been the face of the league or at least partly for a while. And even the past couple of years when he was on the Patriots, 
you know, that week one, you know, everyone's still watching to see, you know, does he still have zip in that arm? You know, how does he look week one? Like, cause like we're at the point now at this age where, you know, any, any year, any game, it could drop off, you know, father time could just shut it down for him. Um, yeah. so I think every self-respecting football fan has to watch that game uh, because breeze too, both of them. Um, they're from that mm-hmm. era. Um, but anyways, you were saying. Yeah, and I mean, like I said, with the, with the Saints willing to throw a second round, this is this is Breeze's last hurrah. This is the farewell tour. I mean, whether they win the Super Bowl or not, I know their recent playoff luck hasn't been the best in the league, but I think that game is definitely the spotlight game for all football fans. But there's so many other good games coming from people on new teams. So – I have five total games to highlight here. And my second one is Cam Newton as the starting quarterback of your New England Patriots at home against Miami, which if you guys don't watch a lot of past games, Miami's usually the trap game for New England. Oh, yeah. But this is, this is actually a good Dolphins team now. It's not usually just some fluke wonder. Last time I mean, was up in New England, they won at the end of last season, week 17. Yeah, on that New amazing was that, was that kick return. Ha, that has to be the one of the biggest regular season upsets in in the past few decades in a, in mm-hmm. NFL history. Seriously, because who would have thought? I mean, Brady and Belichick in Foxborough against a divisional opponent with a losing record, and they have to win that game to secure a bye. First sign of weakness in a while. And they lose. So that, that is something that had truly never happened before in, in recent memory with them. So, yeah, Miami finished last season hot. I think they were like 6-5 and five over their last 11, something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, they added a lot of good players on defense in the offseason. Kyle Van Noy, Byron Jones. Yeah. They got Matt Breida on offense. They just – Jordan Howard. They, they got Lynn Bowden junior from the Raiders and one of the strangest trades I have ever seen. Yeah, we didn't even talk. We haven't talked oh, yeah, wait, since Can we happens. touch on that for a second? Okay. <laughs> so the Raiders and Mike Mayock and John Gruden draft Lynn Bowden Jr., who was like a quarterback, running back, just Swiss, Swiss Army knife. knife. Swiss Army Knife from Kentucky, right, in the third round of this past year's draft. Drafted him to play running back. Okay. Remember the number there. They took him in the third round. They just mm-hmm. traded him to Miami. They traded their third-round pick from this year, Lynn Bowden, and a sixth-round pick in exchange for a fourth-round pick from Miami. So I haven't taken a single math class at college yet. Haven't had to. But that does not add up. Does that up add up to you? Have you ever seen anything like that? I mean – no, I mean, most of the draft and NFL Twitter was kind of in shock. I mean, Bowden's definitely a talented player, but he, he's always been this kind of tweener since he did everything a little bit in college. I mean, he even played quarterback. But the Dolphins said, oh, no, Lynn Bowden's a receiver. And the Raiders drafted him to play running back. So, I mean, maybe that's where the discrepancy was because I know the Raiders have been very – not vocal in terms of actually saying stuff with John Gruden, uh, but vocal in terms of what they've done to go get guys behind Josh Jacobs. Uh, I know they've always loved Jalen Richard, 
they signed and then cut Theo Riddick. Uh, they had DeAndre Washington. So they're always looking for those change of pace backs right. out there in Las Vegas now, almost slipped up there. But, I mean, I guess it just wasn't a fit. I mean, it is, it is unheard of to see a third rounder yeah. no, it's weird. traded before week one. And but for for mathematically less value just months after the draft, yeah. Um, but anyways, going back to what you said about Cam, what do you expect from Cam week one here? Because my expe- everything's been great. What you've heard out of Foxborough, Belichick's praising him, elected captain, named starter, and all of it's great. I still don't expect much. My expectations are low. What do you think? Well, I mean, for Cam personally, I think I think he's going to be a little rusty. I mean, I'm I'm expecting like. 265, two touchdowns, and two picks maybe for Cam. That's kind of a rough stat line guess there. But, I mean, I don't I don't know if you guys win this game. And that's why I wanted to spotlight it. Is this, is, this might be a pass, the, the passing of the torch game. See, here's Obviously, the thing, Miami's not the most the talented team. This doesn't matter at all. But, like, again, the last regular season game for both of these teams was Miami at Foxborough. And Miami mm-hmm. won. Does Bill lose to Brian Flores again at home for a second straight regular season game? That'd be a lot. Then again, obviously things are changed. This isn't the same Patriots as we've known them for a while. But I'll tell you one thing. The Patriots being favored by six and a half points is an absurd line. Who has the better offense between these two teams? Who has the better offense? Uh... Hmm. It's dead even. I, I mean, you just don't know what you have from Cam. That's, that's why I love this game. Is you have no idea who's going to win this game. It's not that old just, oh, Pats, Pats by a billion, you know. And I think – I think mean, Miami I don't know. has – you know what? I think Miami has the better offense. I really do. Yeah, I mean, I, I do Miami too. better offense. Uh, New England has the better defense, obviously. Um, but again, Miami added a lot of talent on that side of the ball this offseason. Byron Jones, Kyle Van Noy revenge game. I'm excited to watch this game. Yeah. So that, that was that was my number two thing to watch. Old faces, new places. My third one is man we talked about earlier, who got the bag, and that's DeAndre Hopkins and the Cardinals going against the Niners and Richard Sherman this week. Right. So many good games this week. How many how many do you think you're gonna force feed Hopkins in that in that high volume offense? On it like throughout the season or week one? Throughout the season, because like I've seen a lot of fantasy projections for him are pretty low. And that confuses me I, quite a bit. Well, I I kinda tend to agree with it, honestly. Like what? like I he's still gonna I mean it's it's new. Like, he's still going to have 90 catches, 1,100 like, yards. Gets a ball out quick, he's catching 100 balls. Is he not yeah, catching he's, 100? He's going to have 90-plus receptions, 1,100 yards, and, like, at least seven or eight tugs. But I think there's so many weapons on this offense. I mean – That Kyler's going to uh, be able to spread Notable weapons. There's good players. No one close to DeAndre Hopkins. Christian Kirk. Larry. I Fitzgerald. like Christian Kirk. I mean, so Larry do Legends. He's, Kenyon Drake and Chase Edmonds are great pass catching running backs. Yeah. I mean, they have pedestrian tight ends, Dan Arnold. Uh, but I don't know. I don't know about. I think Hopkins, Hopkins has a big statistical year. I really do. 
see compared to years past like i think it's gonna look like a down year for hopkins and it'll still be top seven in terms of receivers so you're saying he'll be more efficient but the quantity might go down yeah okay i think the quantity will go up okay we'll find we'll see we'll see yeah, and then my next two my next two people in new places I wanted to highlight. This game's kind of flying under the radar for week one because of what these teams tend to do during the regular season, and that's Atlanta versus Seattle. I feel like both of these teams tends to play down to their opponent in the regular season, whether they're better or worse than them right. or not. Or not. They always tend to be in close games. Seattle's notorious for that, obviously. But – the Falcons usually don't have as much luck and end up losing a lot of one-score games. I mean, I'm curious, how many touches do you think Todd Gurley gets week one? Uh, um, I don't believe in Todd Gurley. I really no, don't. Neither, neither do I. Um, neither do I, but I uh, probably like 12 to 15. Total touches, or are you saying carries? Total touches. Yeah, I mean, I, oh, I think it caps. I think it absolutely caps out at 15. Yeah. But I, I think this is going to be a really good game. No, no, it will. I think Seattle. Here's the thing. Atlanta injuries every year, but week one, they still Week one, they're all there. <laughs> week one, they're all there. And, again, yeah, that's one of those games where you could – you're checking all the – you know, it's week one of the NFL season. You're checking all the scores. You know, it's great. All the games are playing. And, like, one score is, like, weird. I could totally see Atlanta being up, like, 14 nothing halfway through the first in that game. Just, like, one of those weird, like, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Well, like I just – Russ even though I, back in and it's a nail-biter. I love the Seahawks and Russ so much. And every single time I, like, have to think of, like, projecting them a game, I'm like, oh, they could just tie. And it's unheard of. But that's just who the Seahawks are, and it's so weird to me. Right. So that's just another tough NFC matchup from what I believe is two playoff teams, barring unforeseen injuries. Uh, and then had to, had to bring it up. My last game to highlight of a new player on a new team, and that's Phil Rivers and your AFC South champion, Indianapolis Colts, yep. playing the Jacksonville Jaguars. Yep. So what do you expect the Colts and Phil to do? Because Obviously, everybody. I expect him to thoroughly control the game. And I think Phillip Rivers will be solid this year. I really do. Behind a great offensive line, what will be a very good running game with getting an infusion of talent to the position with Jonathan Taylor. Mm -hmm. You know, whether T.Y. can stay healthy remains to be seen, but I really like Michael Pittman, obviously. I think he can step in right away and contribute. You know, the defensive line, See, uh, Bugner, obviously. And I just I, – they're mm-hmm. also like a well-coached, well-run organization. Yes, they, definitely. Who they kind of remind me of is the um, – I mean, they don't have as much talent across the board, obviously, but they, they kind of remind me of the Eagles in a way. That's what I was going like, to say. They're, yeah. they're, they're always good on the line, and they're just, just – good ownership from the top down. They're, they're just going to have a winning season, I feel. They're, they're going to win at least nine games. Um, I mean, obviously, if Phil has nothing left in the tank, um, yeah, that would obviously That's, change things. But it is what it is. Yeah, I mean, I think I'm excited to see my first 
my first starting quarterback not named Philip Rivers in my entire life yeah. this weekend. No disrespect to Phil. Obviously, he will forever be my quarterback. But it's just so interesting because it's an obvious upgrade at O-line, which has been what the Chargers, you know, it's been a thing. Like, oh, yeah, Phil's just right. – And if any always, starting quarterback – killed every week. If any starting quarterback in this league right now needs a line, it's Phillip Rivers. Yeah, but it's also an obvious downgrade in terms of weapons. Sure, but, I mean, the line is, you know, everything starts and ends with the line, in my opinion. Yeah, that um, I'm I, interested I, to see where that balance is in terms of upgrades and downgrades. No, yeah. I mean, I personally, I don't know if Phil has anything left in the tank. I can – I can see this team. Obviously, um, I don't want to compare it to a Super Bowl team because I don't even have this team making the playoffs. But I, it, it's kind of starting to mirror that Denver Bronco Peyton team. I don't want to compare to Phil to Peyton or this team to a Super Bowl you mean that winning last team. One when Peyton had nothing left. The last one where they won a Super Bowl and Peyton was the worst player on the team. Yeah, I mean, but that was an <laughs> defense though. I this defense is criminally underrated, and I'm not sure okay, why. Not I, we both love them. We both love them. But I mean, they have an impact player on the line and at the second level. Is there? I they don't have Malik one. Cooker step up. Unless I'm just being stupid. Malik Cooker step up season. Right. Okay. So he could pop. But I mean, yeah. I, I like them. They, there's there's a lot of good, not great with the Colts, in my opinion. Um, I which agree. Is why I loved that they splashed and got Buckner. Because that's a that's a big time A plus talent right there in the middle. Obviously, Darius mm-hmm. Leonard, no disrespect there, no disrespect to Quentin Nelson. Oh, wait, the practice battles between Quentin Nelson and DeForest Buckner. I wish I could be, in a yeah. player, right for those, um, you know, iron sharpens iron in that case. Two of the best at their position, going head to head every day. Um, but yeah, Philip, I think he has something left behind that line. Give him, give him three, four seconds to throw, and we'll see, though. By the way, I picked up both my Offensive Player of the Year and Offensive Rookie of the Year picks in my fantasy draft in Nick Chubb and Jonathan Taylor. So hopefully – I don't have them in the same league, but I do own them on at least one of my fantasy teams each. Yeah. Well, yeah, I don't don't expect Taylor to do much week one, but, you know, down the line I think he could be – uh, against Jacksonville? God. I mean, but, well, like, how many touches does he get? You know, that sort of thing. Um, I mean, I think – Good point with the miles. Okay, okay, okay. Here's my question for you right now. Who gets more total touches week one, Todd Gurley or Jonathan Taylor? Todd Gurley. You think it's obvious? Uh, no, but Todd Gurley. I think they like, both like, yeah, get, like, Marlon well, Mack's still a good player. Like, like Jonathan Taylor, I don't think will get 15 plus touches a game until like once he like truly like separates like in live game action. Like he is clearly better than Marlon Mack, which we all think he is. We all think we know. I can I can see him taking but, a 60 yarder to the house on his first carry against Jacksonville this week. Yeah, I mean he's a home run hitter. You know, he's from the Big Ten, but in Wisconsin, which. You know, not a lot of people think, you know, dynamic runners. I mean, good runners, but <laughs> not the most dynamic players. Um, yeah. But he's truly a home run hitter. Um, but anyway, so that was our preview of week one. And now introducing a brand new segment. We're still working on the name. So we're going to – we're just going to call it, 
you know, Tucker and Zico's bets of the week for now. This is Tucker Froelich and Zach Cohen, two football gambling experts, giving you their favorite betting lines of upcoming week one. They might have a teaser in there for you. I'm not sure. But listen, and here they are. So enjoy. What's up, Everyday Scout? I'm Tucker. And I'm Zach. And we're here to give you... My lock of the week comes at the early games. Seahawks minus two in Atlanta. I think it's going to be a really good year for them. Falcons not looking too hot. I really think that the Seahawks defense combined with Russell Wilson's excellence is just going to be too much. My teaser of the week is going to be a seven-point guy plus 200 odds. New England plus a half versus Miami. Cam Newton absolutely lights them up. Philadelphia, Pickham versus Washington, who's going to be absolutely garbage this year. Indianapolis, minus one versus Jacksonville. And your Chargers beating a mediocre Cincinnati team, plus four. And for me, my pick of the week, I'm going with Raiders, minus three in Carolina. The Raiders, coming off a mediocre first season with John Gruden last year, are going to ball out this year. Derek Carr has the reins again. Darren Waller coming off a great breakout year last year is absolutely going to shock the league in what he can do. And the Panthers don't have that defense yet. You know, they got a ton of rookies this year. First year head coach Matt Rule, so I think the Raiders are going to take that with ease. And then my parlay of the week, we got two. Te- we got a three-team guy. One of the juicers It's going to surprise you. We got Seahawks, money line in Atlanta. Colts, Jaguars, under 45. Neither of those teams can really score. And then finally, the juicer, Redskins, money line, plus 220. The Eagles, very mediocre at best, and the Redskins, just phenomenal. Everyone hates on them, but their defense last year kept them in the, in the playoff race after the Alex Smith injury. And Dwayne Haskins gets a lot more hate than he should. All right, thank you, Tucker and Zach. Hopefully those hit. Uh, our viewers are counting on you and their books this week. Now, to finish up the episode here quickly, I have a rookie to watch this week on offense. Connor has a rookie to watch on defense, making their debuts in the NFL. Mine, I know, you know, it's a cop-out, but it's Joe Burrow. We all want to see what Joe Burrow is going to do. He was elected team captain. He's going up against a really good defense in the Los Angeles Chargers, even without Derwin James uh, in his first game ever as an NFL quarterback. So I cannot wait to see how he performs. I can totally – my expectations are low. I mean, he is still a rookie. Um, I don't expect him to play that well. I think the Chargers control and win that game. But at the same time, this is Joe Burrow. I really don't want to bet against him, even now that he's at the NFL level. I could totally see him having a great game in his debut because he's just that type of player. But, you know, we got to keep our eyes on him this week. Yeah, I, I love the pick. And trust me, as a, as a Chargers fan, I, I would not be surprised if we lost that game to Joe Burrow in his debut. But, yeah, uh, so I have the defensive rookie this week. And this is someone that, I mean, everybody, every football fan loves this guy on defense. I really do think he's going to show up week one and show that he's exactly what we all thought he was going to be. And that's Isaiah Simmons. I know they have a really tough matchup in what's going to be one of the better games of the week in the Niners versus the Cardinals. I know they talked about how Simmons is primarily going to be linebacker instead of safety, and I believe he's listed as the starting will right now in their defense. But 
I mean, we're, we're all wondering what this six, four absolute like defensive Calvin Johnson, physical monster, right. That he's going to be in the NFL. And we get to see him line up against George Kittle in his first NFL. Right. Game. I mean, that's going to be, I mean, that's probably why they <laughs> drafted him. That's probably why they drafted him to cover George Kittle and to spy Russell Wilson. Um, but basically, yeah, I mean, when I think of him, it's almost more – I'm more curious to see where he plays than how he plays, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, they said, they said the he's going to focus on linebacker. Yeah, I mean, hey, the NFL, NFL coaching staffs know better than me and you. But yeah. it would be a shame, in my opinion, to see him just line up in the box uh, the whole game. Uh, but, yeah, definitely two guys to watch, two top ten picks incredibly talented guys and hopefully they have a bright future in the NFL but that's all we have for you guys today on episode 12 of the everyday scout our first in-season episode hope you guys enjoy it enjoy week one football is finally back and hopefully the NFL we made it season out yep so thank you for listening guys thank you